what is your identity? How would you describe your identity? We, we all have an identity of what we believe about ourselves, how we perceive ourselves, the narrative that we've written for our lives, the things that are important to us. There are so many things that contribute to our identity as we go throughout life. And probably the question you need to ask yourself to determine what your identity is, is what if something was no longer in your life? Let's say, okay, uh, your health. We all want to have good health, right? I think we'd all agree upon uh, that one. And uh, how important is that to you? And for many of you, you've gone through experiences where you've lost your good health. So that's part of our identity. Or, or there are some people that are really devoted to you know, taking care of their bodies and working out and uh, eating right. And that, these are all good things, okay? But what if for some reason you became sick and you couldn't have that in your identity anymore? Or let's say that uh, you like things, right? You like stuff. Maybe it's a car for a guy, and man, I tell you, that car is so important to you, and you want other people to see you driving that car, you want to talk about your car, and again, not necessarily bad, but any of these things can become too much a part of your identity. And that's really kind of the scary part of life is that we can have an identity and that identity can be taken away. I mean, let's say you're working and whatever reason you lose your job, I mean, that identity is removed. So again, to get to the heart of the question, what is one thing that would be removed from your life that would really rock you because that's where you kind of gravitate towards in terms of your identity. I believe that one of the core teachings that all Christ followers need to learn and to repeat over and over and over again is what their identity is in Jesus Christ. Because when you become a Christ follower, when, when you say, Lord, I need help. I can't do anything here. Save me. I repent of my sin. Come into my life. That's when a person becomes a Christ follower. Uh, you get a whole new identity. A and the best way to live the Christian life is with a healthy identity. So what we're going to do today, I'm going to do something kind of odd. I preached on the armor of God about four weeks ago. And God has just laid it on my heart. He says, Dan, you've got to come up with a creative way that people can remember their identity on a daily basis. So I'm going to give you a tool that you can use every day if you feel so led that will help you to be more rooted and grounded 
and settled that your identity is not in the things of this world, but it's in Jesus Christ. We've been talking about uh, these dangerous prayers. Now, we, we, we pray a lot of safe prayers, like, oh, help me with this situation, give me wisdom, help that person, help that p- person in their illness. Uh, those are all good prayers, okay? But, but we want to move up to the next level of maturity and pray prayers that normally don't come that easily because we're asking God to work in us, prepare me, search me, break me. It was so funny last week, uh, here in Esau and uh, Marie said that they're not praying for any more pain in their lives because they suffer from chronic pain. And I totally understand about that. And you know, as I reflected on that message, I said, you know what? I... For people to ask for pain in their lives, that's, that's a big <laughs> spiritual step. So, the first thing you need to do before asking for it is to thank God for the pain that you have and how it will make you like Jesus Christ. And, and that's a big, big, big problem for us. I don't want to thank God for my pain, but again, you might as well do it because you're going to experience the pain. And again, God is going to mold and shape you to be more... Uh, like Jesus. So thank God for the pain because he is molding you to be like his son. Now, we're going to go through the armor of God again, but I'm going to take this whole new angle of how we associate it with the identity that we have in Jesus Christ. Again, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Remember, we when we have our armor on, we're standing firm. We're not going to give up any ground. We don't have to run away from Satan. All we have to do is stand firm and resist him being clothed with this armor that protects us from his attacks. So again, this is kind of the idea of what the armor of God is. Remember, Roman was, excuse me, Paul was on a lot of Romans, uh, and many of them uh, who were soldiers. So uh, this was just kind of a natural thing that he uh, picked up as he was going through Ephesians and used that as an analogy. And, of course, we need to remember, First Peter says that Satan wants to destroy you. He's like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That's interesting as you listen to uh, different messages in different churches. You don't hear Satan talk a lot about, and, and I think that's because he might seem offensive to people. Okay, okay he is. He's a problem. And we need to talk about him. We don't need to focus on him. But guys, every day we're going out into a spiritual battle. And many of us don't even think about that. And if you're not thinking about it, well, Satan has more opportunities uh, to get into your life and make it go haywire and get you far from God. So what I've done with each of the elements in the armor of God, I've linked to it who we are in Christ. So my desire is that by the end of our time together, you will have a prayer that you can say on a daily basis by putting on the armor of God And then also reminding yourself 
who you are in Jesus Christ. Because the things I'm going to talk about don't normally come to your mind during the day. And so my challenge is, uh, during the month of February, that those who wish to do this would, would say this prayer, and however you want to you know, put the prayer together, uh, on a daily basis. A- and maybe the best time is when you get out of bed. I mean, why? <laughs> you ever thought, <laughs> oh, this happened to me this week, and I, I got out of bed, and I, I just felt good, and all of a sudden reality hit me. <laughs> oh, 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 man, <laughs> let's go back to bed here, okay? Uh, yeah, so you might want to do it uh, when you're getting out of bed, but the, the important, here, here's the important thing. You do it daily, and you do it when your mind is working, okay? So... Who knows, you could do it anywhere, you can do it in the shower, on your way to work. But I, I will guarantee that if you will apply this tool to your life, it will enrich your spiritual life because, again, one of the great problems that Christians face is they're always forgetting about their identity in Jesus Christ. And they're just inundated by all types of messages saying, You should have this identity, or you should have this identity, and and they need to be strong. We need to get prepared here and say, well, yeah, the world's going to tell me I I need to have all types of identities, but my core identity is in Jesus Christ. So, a little bit of audience participation here. Uh, We're going to do some hand motions to help us remember this. So, the first thing you want to do is you put on the helmet of salvation. Everybody do that with me. The helmet of salvation. And take the helmet of salvation. And again, we have these pictures. The helmet of salvation goes over our mind. The enemy wants to obviously fill us with doubt and fear. So it protects our mind. And when I think about the helmet of salvation, when I think about, okay, who am I in Christ? Well, I'm a child of God, right? But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Wow. Now that's a great thought to start out with every day, isn't it? I mean, wow. I'm a child of God. Hey, have you guys heard about my daddy? Oh, Mike, I got this awesome dad. He loves me. Oh, he tells me over and over again how much he loves me. And he says he knows me perfectly and he still loves me. When I'm rebellious, he still loves me. I mean, he just overwhelms me with his love. I've got the greatest dad. And oh, my dad, he's always there for me. And I, you know, text. You know, he, he's always waiting for me to call on him. I mean, wow. I mean, really, who in your life do you have 24-7 access to? Nobody, right? There's all kinds of challenges with that. But, but hey, God is always waiting to hear from me. And I tell you what, when God really moves in is when I'm going through pain, when I'm struggling, when I'm doubting his goodness, he shows up in a very special way. In fact, the weird thing is that through my pain, 
I get to know how much more awesome God is because he teaches me through my pain. And you know what? My dad, he's going to be always with me. In fact, I know when I take this last breath, on, when I take my last breath on earth, then I'll be in his presence. Now, is that a good thought to start out your day? Well, yeah, that's encouraging, right? That's, that's the kind of thought that you want to have as a part of your life no matter what's going on. Maybe you're grieving over a lost one and you can get up and say, oh, God, you're my dad. And I'm so weak today. I don't feel like getting up, but you're my dad, and you're going to guide me through this journey of grief. I, I, it's my husband, my wife. My life is just so out of order. I, but you're going to be there for me, right? Because the helmet of salvation, I am God's child. And the breastplate of righteousness I am God's trophy of grace. And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, we see the breastplate of righteousness here. And this is, <laughs> this is amazing, okay? I mean, we're all sinners. We all have a very evil heart. And there is no reason why God should have gave his son in order that we might live again. There's just no reason for that. But God did this irrational, unbelievable thing. He sent his son to die for us so that we could be righteous. Jesus Christ died in order to make us righteous. And if we open our lives to God, you know how he sees us? He sees us positionally, positionally. Our practice is not quite there yet. We're continuing to sin and try to grow. But positionally, he sees me as righteous. I got the breastplate of righteousness on, and it really is almost a joke when you think about it. If you really knew me and everything I've done in my life and all that kind of stuff, this guy does not deserve the breastplate of righteousness. But I got it on me. Because God gave me this incredible gift of grace. Second Corinthians, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. So the idea is that uh, the soldiers are coming back from war, okay? And they have won. And they're always bringing trophies with them. Remember, David, he actually took the head of Goliath. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he took it and he put it on Jerusalem so that he could tell everyone, this is what our mighty God has done. And he took Goliath's uh, weapons, a javelin, whatever he had there, and, and he put them in his tent to remind him of what God had done. 
And God has done an unbelievable thing in our life. In the fact that we are trophies of grace. We're God's trophies. Remember trophies? They give a lot of trophies out there today. I don't know. Trophies are still big. Is that the deal with kids? I don't know. I don't, they give them food, I don't, trophies, whatever. But no, usually it's a trophy, right? You know, something nice and big and shiny so they can remember what they accomplished. A trophy of accomplishment. But I am a walking trophy of grace. I mean, I, I'm just going around and saying, oh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't deserve to be a trophy of grace. I don't deserve to be a trophy of God. But he made me one. He made me a trophy of grace. And my job is to go around and show off the trophy. Look at me. Look at my life. Look how I've changed. You're not perfect. But notice what it says. And through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Do you know that you smell spiritually? You do. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully, because you're walking as a trophy of grace, you're living life in a different way than other people are. They, they smell something different. You don't have the same smell as other people. I'm a physical smell, you need to take care of that, okay? That's nothing about spiritual. I mean, if people are you know, kind of, you know, my wife tells me I'm ripe, i rem yeah, I got to do something. So, the important thing is that you give off a fragrance. And you see, here's, here's really just the, the genius of the spiritual life. You know, when I teach, and God uses my gift, people come up and say, oh, that really spoke to me. And again, I wasn't even thinking what they were talking about. But you see, you're the same way. You're walking around with the Spirit, and you impact people's lives, and you don't even know it. You don't know what the Holy Spirit is doing. So you're just a trophy of grace walking around and saying, yeah, I don't deserve to be a trophy, but I'm a trophy of grace. And what do you do with the trophy of grace? You pour grace out into other people's lives. And again, people are moving away from, you know, being part of a, local community church that preaches God's Word. And, oh, they're missing so much. And, again, I'm all for, you know, whatever, online churches. I mean, if they're doing something. But if you're not fully engaged in relationships, I can't get any grace. I can't get any grace from people, and I can't give grace. That's why we have our spiritual gifts. So we may pour grace into other people's lives. There's an area that I've been discouraged about in my life, and I've uh, told a couple of different people about it. And they poured grace into my life. Uh, one sent me a beautiful devotional that spoke to the issue. And uh, they call me. It's all grace. Grace, God. God's pouring grace into 
my life. And friends, when, when we talk about problems, another thing, we, we can thank God for the pain, but we also can thank God for the grace that he delivers through other people. That's one of the main reasons. Well, it's God's work is through other people. And so we've got to identify what our spiritual gift is and start pouring grace. Now, some of you, the way that you pour grace into people's lives is you bake cookies and casseroles and you bring them over to someone who's suffering, who already has 14 casseroles, uh, but they'll take it, right? They'll need them someday. And if that's how you operate, please let me know so that I can receive your grace into my life. Right? We're trophies of grace pouring out. we got this breastplate of righteousness on that does not belong to us. Right? Okay. So we got the belt of truth. The belt of truth. So let's do it together, guys. Hands up. Helmets. I am God's child. <laughs> I am God's child. The helmet of salvation. And then the breastplate of righteousness. Oh, I've got this shiny breastplate. I mean, I am pure gold. Because Jesus gave it to me. That means I'm a trophy of grace and I'm going to pour out grace on other people. Now let's talk about the belt of truth. I am God's work of renewal. I was really trying hard to, you know, get these things going. I struggled on this one, so if you have a better word, please tell me. But I am God's work of renewal. The belt of truth, again, was what the soldier had on to keep all of his garments, uh, you know, out of the way when he was fighting. He also had his scabbard in there where he would take his sword out. And, and he also maybe had a leather skirt around him to protect other parts of his body. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. There it is, the belt of truth. Protects our will. And the key verse here, I got, I got the key verses for each one that you can pray through. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what God's, uh, may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay. So we got God's truth here. We have his revealed word of God. And, and friends, you need to continue to wash yourself in God's truth. Just think of your mind going throughout the week. Think of all the images. Think of all the experiences you have with all different types of people in your life and the things that you see on your smartphone or some other type of platform. Think of all the things that are coming your way and I would say, friends, the majority of the things that you're picking up on are lies from Satan. Satan doesn't want to find you to find your identity in Christ because he knows that will make, your, make you stronger. So again, 
we're tempted to find identity and the world says, hey, if you do this, if you have this, if you experience this, then you'll have the identity that everybody wants. So that's why it's so important that we continually wash our minds. Just think about your, your brain, okay? And, and again, you're continually washing it because everywhere you go, you get soot on it and dirt and toxins, and man, you've got to keep washing that off. So how do you wash it off? We wash it off with the truth of God, with God's Word. You have got to be disciplined in this way because all of us fall into a default mode, which usually doesn't include you know, washing our minds with Scripture and so our brain just gets more and more covered and it shrivels and all that kind of thing. Oh, you need the Word of God. Any opportunity you have to put the Word of God into your heart and your soul. Think of Christian music, right? I love Christian music. And I tell you, when I'm having, going through a tough time, I just lay down and I listen to Christian music. And it just ministers to me because the Holy Spirit is empowering all this washing. We're talking about our small groups, right? We're starting up again. Get involved in a small group. Become fully engaged in this ministry if you really want to see God do something special. Right now we have a starting point that's going on. That's where you start, the starting point. And uh, we'll have another one down the way. But the point is, okay, how can I get more scripture in my mind? Oh, <laughs> we have more biblical insight, commentaries, different ways of viewing the Bible, devotionals. Oh, after 2,000 years that the New Testament was written, we have more resources than ever. And let's take advantage of them. Get like, like three different devotionals coming in on your email every day. You know, you can delete them. Or I read a Daily Bread the other day. That's a great resource. Become, uh, get an email, a subscription to the Daily Bread. It's free. You can have it sent to you. We have copies of it out here. That's a great place to start in your relationship with God. And I just read it. Sometimes I, oh, whatever. You know, I got, there's way too much stuff. But I just read it and said, wow. God, use that in my life, just that small devotional thought. And uh, podcasts, as I said, so many incredible teachers out there. And if you can, I've always, you know, had earbuds or a tape recorder on my belt. I've always just been listening, 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 learning, learning, learning. And uh, I tell you, you know, the problem is overchoice, isn't it? It's like, where do I stop? <laughs> Just start with something. And every, every day you need to wash your mind in the Scripture of God. Gospel shoes. I am God's messenger. So we've got the gospel shoes. And here you see a picture of that. I want to move out. And also for me, the words may be given to me and open in my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. That's what Paul writes at the end 
of this passage. Uh, he says, okay, uh, you know, please pray for me that I'd be able to tell more people about Jesus. I'd have more opportunities. That's what the shoes of grace are all about. I want to show you something very special, something that brought joy to my heart this past week. This is my new shoe. This is a high-tech, ultra-low hiking boot. I've never read hiking boots before, but I tell you what, Pastor Rich, I look, I coveted after his shoes. You know, I really have. And I said, where do I find? And I was talking with, with Joe, Wal, uh, Joe Hawley, our facility guy, awesome guy, helping us out. And they were talking about their different shoes and all the different features and how many hundreds of miles that they had. Yeah, Rich, I got 500 miles. Who's counting miles on shoes for Pete's sake? Well, they are. And I said, okay, guys, tell me. Show me. And they showed me. And I purchased at a good price. And the Amazon wonderful person came to my door. And I've been enjoying my shoes. You know, oh, they're just so comfortable, right? You just kind of go, yeah, man, it feels so good. Look at my shoes, right? I got my shoes on, you know. I got hiking boots on. I got ultra low high, high tech. Anybody have high, high tech? I know it's very costly and it's not a lot. <laughs> Friends, <laughs> if I get excited about my hiking boot, which really is a tennis shoe, if I get excited about that, man, I tell you, the more I experience God, the more I learn about Him, the more He becomes alive to me. I want to tell other people. I want to just pray for them. I mean, are you praying for a lost person right now in your life? And the question is, if you're not, why? That's the easiest thing you can do is just to pray for them. I have a neighbor, and we have a long history together <laughs> in terms of the gospel. Uh, and uh, every time I go by his house, I just pray, pray, pray for that man. Pray for that man. Pray for that man. We just need to continue to pray for people that come into our lives because we've got these great shoes on that will carry us. God will empower us. To introduce people to Jesus. All right, let's do it, guys. Ready? Everybody's hands up. Helmet of salvation. I am God's child. Breastplate of righteousness. I am trophy. I'm, I'm, I'm trophies of God's grace. A belt of truth. I am God's work of renewal. Gospel shoes. I'm God's messenger. Shield of faith. I am God's home. Now, where do I get that? In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. There's a shield of faith. Now, here's a key verse to understand. We, you know, our bodies are God's home, God's temple. That according to the riches of his glory, God may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. You see, if you're going to have faith, if you're going to believe God for something that is kind of a reach, if you're going to step outside of where you're comfortable, you got to have faith. And faith comes from the Holy Spirit. Willpower, 
we're all so weak, aren't we? Anybody's diet still going here in January, right? Yeah, I read something the other day. As they study human behavior, willpower is just nothing, okay? But habits are what you want to build. Habits get things done because, man, you're just... I was trying to eat right, and I could, my willpower just wimped out and went out the door, and I was left with all the sugar. But the point being is, is that you need to, have the, to ask the Spirit to give me more faith. Give me more faith so that I might make ground with Jesus. And then the sword of the Spirit, I am God's truth. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Yes, there is the Word of God. But the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You take that verse, and you really meditate upon it. And man, God's Word goes into places in our soul that we're not even aware of. And that's why it's so powerful, powered by the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's why we need to wash our minds. We need to wash our minds so we can use that sword of the Spirit as God's truth in our lives. And finally, the hands of prayer. I am God's friend. It's different on your message notes. You might want to change that. I am God's friend. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. I mean, oh, that verse in Scripture. You are a friend of God. A friend. It speaks of intimacy and love and Enjoying one another. So, let me quickly illustrate here how you pray through this. Okay? So let's say I'm getting out of bed. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I want to put on your armor today, Lord, because I am going into battle. And Lord, I just want to remind myself before I get out of bed who I am in you because I know today... I'm getting a lot of other messages that don't square with your word. So, Lord, I, I am <laughs> the helmet of salvation. I put on the helmet of salvation to protect me from Satan. And the main thing is, I am your child, Lord. You love me. You know what's going on in my mind today, my fears, my concerns, and my desires, Lord. And, Lord, I want to put on the breastplate of righteousness, Lord, because... I am a trophy of grace. I'm going to be on display today. And, uh, and, I, and I want to pour grace into other people's lives, Lord. Oh, so many hurting people who just need an encouraging word. They need somebody to ask about them, to show interest. Help me to do that, Lord. And I've got the belt of truth, Lord. I pray that you would renew my mind. Oh, there's so much trash that comes my way. I pray I just have every opportunity just to drink in your scripture and uh, be reminded of what the truth is. And I put on my gospel shoes, Lord, because I want to be your messenger today. 
And Lord, I'm not that outgoing type of person, but I'm just going to love people, understand people when I have a, a chance to say, hey, I'm a Christ follower in whatever way that might be. I, I pray that I, I just cast off a beautiful fragrance as I walk. And Lord, I pray that I be the shield of faith. Lord, the, you're, you are in me. You are my home. You're going to be with me all day long. And, you know, if I told people that, they thought I was crazy. Yeah, God lives in me. I am his temple. And I am his home. And hey, no matter what you're doing, uh, that's really special. And then the sword of the Spirit, Lord. I am God's truth. You have given me that responsibility to live out your truth Purify my mind. Help me to see the world from your perspective. And finally, Lord, the hands of prayer. Thank you that you are my friend today and you are going to be there for me. In Christ's name, amen. Isn't that cool? I mean, that's just a simple little prayer. Every day, just to get you out of bed and say, okay. Man, I'm God's child. I'm a trophy of grace, pouring grace in other people's lives. I'm a God's worker renewal. He's cleaning up my mind. I'm God's messenger. I want to tell people about him. I want to love people. I'm God's home, man. I'm walking around, and I am God's home. He's got a mobile home here, all right? I am God's truth. I am God's truth. I, I can go to the scriptures and all the insights he'll teach me. I'm God's friend. Just please, I challenge you, encourage you, exhort you to try this out. And uh, just take it off the sheet. And you don't have to flower it up at all, but... Just remind yourself who you are in Jesus. Because throughout the day, people are saying... You need to have another identity. But your identity starts with Jesus. And I think that's worth two or three minutes every day to recalibrate your mind and your soul as you go through a filthy world as God's trophy. I'm going to have uh, Sarah Belton come out. At this time, and we're talking about prayer, and Ben and Sierra have been with us many years, and, and they are doing something really special. So, Sarah, tell us about what God is doing. Sure. Well, thank you, Dan, for giving us the opportunity to share, and thank you guys for listening. Um, as we're thinking through what it looks like to pray for God to send us, that's a really familiar prayer to me. I'm a missionary kid who married a missionary kid. And I've always prayed that I would be a missionary, raising more missionary kids. <laughs> so it's a prayer I've prayed for a long time. And God has, I believe, called me to that and called Ben and I to that. But it hasn't looked like what we thought it would. And so when I left college, I said, God, send me. And I thought I was going to go to Peru. And God said, nope, not yet. And he blessed me by allowing me to marry Ben. And after we got married, we said, okay, God, send us. And we thought we might go to Zambia. And God said, nope, not yet. And through that process, there's been a lot of frustration 
but also it's been cool to see how God has used that, kind of like what Dan talked about. You know, it starts at, I am God's child. He's really used that to peel it back and to say, okay, we need to set some of this foundation before we get down to going out or being sent. And at the same time, you know, the Great Commission in Matthew, it basically says, as you are going, as we are going, we make disciples of all nations. And so God has used this time to really plant that truth deep in our hearts. So now, last summer, we're again saying, okay, God, send us. And so Converge is Springbrook's association agency. And so last summer, we got to go to Florida for a week for one of their assessment centers where they assess you, and then they give you recommendations. And guess what God said through them? He said, not yet. (laughs) And so that's all. It's all God's timing. And I think that's a huge thing that we're learning, that it is all God's timing. You know, all the way back in the story of Abraham in Genesis 12, God promised that he would use the Israelite people to bless the whole world, all the nations. And that came to fruition through Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ, the salvation that he offers. He's blessing every tribe, tongue, and nation. And his timing in that is perfect. And so we're really resting in that. And you can pray for us because tomorrow night we're going to be talking with one of Converge's Uh, their mobilizers, because we have been working on some of the recommendations of that not yet recommendation that they gave us. And so we will see what God wants to do. So nothing is confirmed at all yet, but one of the possibilities we're praying through uh, would be working in Senegal, in the capital city of Dakar, which is in West Africa. And there we would potentially be working among the Wolof people group, because there's still thousands of people groups in the world who really don't have a presence Mm. of believers. And the Wolof people group in West Africa, there's about 7 million, and there are about 100 believers among Mm. this people group. And so what we would potentially be doing would be working with university students who are moving to the big cities and going to university and then going back to their people. And it presents a really amazing opportunity with some amazing inroads to build relationships. They're seeking to learn English, and they're living in a time in their culture where economics and social pressures are really challenging a lot of their belief systems. And so it provides a possible opportunity for us to serve them and to share the gospel. And so if you could be praying with us, we have no idea if that is where God will send us. And God could still say not yet, uh, but It is exciting to know that even in the here and now, we are being sent. And beyond just our neighbors, he's also sending us to, you know, the nations around us and the nations in the whole world. So thanks for listening. It's really great to share life with you guys. And we look forward to continuing life alongside everyone at Springbrook. Oh, thank you, Sierra. Where's Mr. Ben today? He is winter camping. Oh, winter camping, yeah. Well, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Ben and Sierra. And the good thing about you not giving the go-ahead light is that they can be here with us. And they can minister to us and help us and be part of our life-giving family. Lord, thank you for this great, great assignment that they're waiting for. And I pray that you'd move it along as you would because I know that you have just 
prepared them in so many different ways. And sometimes we think we're ready to go, and you say, wait a second. There's some other things that I want to do in your life that will really help you once you get out on that journey. I'll give them patience, and thank you that they're children of God, and their identity is found in you. In Christ's name, amen.